Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. and welcome on into another episode of the Dynamic Leaders Podcast. I'm Colin alongside my co-host, Jamie Huffman, and we have a great guest episode here coming up for you in just a few minutes. But Jamie and I have some housekeeping to get through as we do before every episode. And by the way, before we get going, your housekeeping, if you like the show and you want to be nice to us, please take some time to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm not even going to say leave us a five star. You can leave us whatever rating you want in terms of that, but it really does help us find other people and it helps other people find us. That's the way algorithms work in the podcasting world. So if you have a minute and you can do that for us, we really appreciate it. Uh, This podcast, as always, a lot about leadership, a lot about uh, wellness, sports, kind of a mix of everything, entrepreneurship. Uh, So if you like any of those topics, you're probably going to find what you're looking for in one of these episodes, if not today's episode. But Jamie, it has been a crazy couple of weeks. I know you have a lot going on for your business, and uh, maybe that's going to lead us into our big wins. But I'm going to jump the gun here and talk about my big win before I let you talk about yours. (laughs) I just got done with a full week, um, Monday through Friday of being a single dad while Christine (laughs) went on a work trip out to Seattle. I I did not do it alone, obviously. Uh, We have a nanny who comes part-time, actually she'll be starting full-time by the time this episode comes out. And then my brother, uh, my youngest brother, Tim, still lives with us and was able to help out a little bit when the nanny wasn't here. But it was a reminder last week of how you need to have your eyes constantly glued on a little one. And I can imagine it is something that you go through on a pretty regular basis with your puppies. So I, it was just so funny. Yeah, like Stella, Stella is great. Like she's really not that difficult to take care of overall, but like the fact that, you know, any little thing could, you know, she could get hurt. She could, you know, put her hand somewhere that it's not supposed to. And, you know, you just like always have to be on. Whereas like when my wife is home, I could split that responsibility a little bit and we could take breaks and and catch up. So by the time seven o'clock came around every single night, I was just like, I don't want to do anything except sit on the couch and, watch TV because I am exhausted. A couple of nights, I think I went to bed like before nine o'clock. So <laughs> I'm going to count that as a win that I got through the week. Stella is still alive. No injuries were reported and uh, she's pretty happy. So <laughs> uh, that is a huge accomplishment. I think about it all the time with the puppies. I'm like, I don't know how people do it. I, I know it's like, I think puppies are a lot of work and I can't even imagine a child is just so much more responsibility. So <laughs> good for you. That is awesome. Um, so yeah, my big win of the week 
I want to say stuff that's like business related, but no, my biggest accomplishment this week is that I hired a TaskRabbit organizer and not one of these like fancy organization companies that cost a lot, but I found this girl on TaskRabbit to come help me organize my home. And we just did the puppy room this morning and like had the, all the stuff. We took everything out, put it in the middle and found places for everything and truly deep cleaned and organized and I feel like a whole new person. <laughs> so that is my <laughs> big win of the week. I have never been like the cleanest, most organized person. I'm like, not dirty, but I'm messy. Um, so I'm really hoping with this new house, I can kind of get a system in place so I can learn to be a more organized person, but especially running a business out of my home. It's been driving me nuts trying to unpack and do all that and organize. So um, she was such a huge help. And I feel like I accomplished like, I feel like I just climbed a mountain. Like it, it's sure. so nice to get that done. That is so cool. So what did she just come in and like, takes a look at your house and it's like, okay, here's what we can do. Like, is it literally like that? Like she just walks in and starts doing her job. Pretty much. Like I explained a little bit about my goals for organizing and why I wanted some help. And then she was like, all right, my approach is I just take everything and put it in the middle. And I was like, okay, but like, that's a lot of stuff. Um, but she was so right. That was definitely the best way to do it. So I could really see what I have and organize oh, it in files and then find bins for everything. So um, yeah, we kind of assessed the house and decided which room to start with. But since the puppies are in the puppy room for the most part, it made more sense to start with that one and get where I work primarily kind of organized first. And that's what we did today. So she's coming wow. back on Thursday. I can't wait. Wow. Wow. That What a... What a uh a visual mind you must have, like being able to visualize, like put everything in the middle and then see like, Oh, that fit there. And this could work there and everything. Like, I, I don't know if I can do that. Oh yeah. I couldn't have done it without her. I have been so overwhelmed. Like, I'm just like, I look around, like, I don't know where to start. So I guess I just won't start. <laughs> right. So it was a lot of moral support on her end too, getting me <laughs> kind of motivated to get sure. it done. Sure. She was great. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, the way that rooms end up coming together in my mind, at least is I'll have them one way for a long time. And then like, after, you know, like a year or so I'll be like, Hmm, I think maybe that'll work better over there. Like I have to literally be in it every single day. Like I can't just like walk in and start doing it. In fact, this room that I'm in right now, last week, part of what I did, like when Stella went to bed one night, I had a little bit of energy as I rearranged it. So like you can, kind of see behind me if I move so this oh, yeah. whole this whole area right here right behind me and then uh, obviously nobody can see this who's right. uh, listening to this right now but the whole area behind me was full of boxes and you know just crap and everything and essentially like what I've realized is like one half of this room is technically my office the other half of the room is technically the guest room and it's nice like when we have guests that you know, even though there's not a door or anything, you know, separating us, like I could just put my headphones in and have my desk and kind of clean area. And it looks nice now and, and everything. The biggest thing was to the boxes are boxes of books and notebooks and things that I need oh, yeah. to get better about selling. So if anyone's listening to this and wants to buy a copy of an Amazon bestseller, just hit me up and I will get that to you because I have plenty of copies. Um, so, so it's now motivation. I've moved them onto the couch at the far end and I'm like, I have to walk by this pile every single day and I just wanted to get smaller. And the only way to do that is by selling them. So yeah, that's awesome motivation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if it makes you feel any better, like I said, that it takes me forever to visualize how I want things to turn out. And I think that ends up 
making more work. So what you did was probably very smart. Yeah. And I'm sure you feel the same kind of feeling. I feel like once it's done, it's amazing. Like I feel so accomplished. now. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's been done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into our lead in segment here then with our featured guest who is Adele Jackson, sports writer, wellness guru. And uh, we spent a ton of time when I got done speaking with Adele for this interview, Jamie, I was rethinking so many things, but particularly, like I told you offline, I was rethinking my approach to wellness in general. And like some of the things that stood out and I don't want to ruin the conversation, but just how, you know, how wellness can almost become, you know, a chore in itself. And um, it's, it's almost like a, um, you know, it's kind of like Christmas where it's become commercialized <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, people try to take advantage of you. And in general, um, you know, one of the things that Adele really helped me figure out in our, the course of our conversation was how to reframe some of the things that I was trying to do. And I thought we could share you and I one thing in our life that we've had to reframe from a wellness perspective, because I know we both focus on it quite a bit. Uh, the thing for me is meditation. I have tried forever to do it. I really want to do it because Jerry Seinfeld does it and I'm the same Enneagram number as him. And I love Jerry Seinfeld. And I'm like, well, if he does it and he's been doing it since like the 1980s and he does it like twice a day, then I could do it for like five minutes. We had this wellness challenge at work and I thought I was going to be, you know, like all into it and everything. And it just became a chore. Like it was so hard. I didn't feel like I was any more relaxed coming out of it. And when I was talking to Adele about it, she's like, well, maybe because I, I was like, I'm, my thoughts are my, my mind is racing. I have thoughts like going through my head. So I don't feel relaxed. Like, I don't feel Zen. Isn't that the point of meditation? And she's like, well, what if your version of meditation is to have the thoughts run and to see like where that takes you? And I was like, hmm. That's interesting. I never thought of that before. Like I've been trying to suppress my brain to just like clear these thoughts out of my head when, you know, maybe it's just saying, okay, you're taking like five minutes for me to actually clearly think for the first time all day. And I had never thought about it that way before. So this just happened last week, this conversation, I am freshly into this whole new process, five minutes a day. Like I said, it's not a huge time commitment, but I do already feel a little bit of a difference not feeling guilty about not being able to go quiet in my brain. And I think that mindset mindset shift has really helped me in one area of my wellness. How about you? Anything come to mind for you? Yeah. But I also love what you've said about that. I've tried to meditate before and I had the same thing. Like I just could not get my mind <laughs> to quiet down. So that is a really good way to think about it. Cause I'm doing a million things during the day, but don't like sit down and clearly think about stuff. So I might try that. Um, but yeah, when you mentioned kind of what we were going to discuss today, the first thing that came to mind for me with wellness was eating and trying yeah. to eat healthy and eat well. Um, one thing that I used to beat myself up over is trying to eat so healthy. I mean, I went through a phase where I counted my macros and was really into weightlifting and all of that. And in that phase, I looked great and I felt pretty good, but it was so restrictive. Um, but before that, and then after that, I'd always struggled with binge eating and did that pretty severely and fluctuated in weight and was really not ever able to maintain anything. So one thing that has really helped me over the last really couple of years is reshifting what it means to be healthy and keep it sustainable. So I don't diet at all. I let myself eat everything in moderation and I'm really, really, really strict with myself when I 
have an event coming up or especially when I was still doing photo shoots or acting and all of that as well. There's so much pressure to look your best and feel your best. And I realized for me, anytime I start to put restrictions on myself, the opposite effect effect happens because I start to binge. So um, for my wellness journey, being able to not really restrict myself diet wise has helped. And I end up eating so much healthier and being happy and stopping when I'm full (laughs) and just all around feel better. Um, when it comes to, you know, diet and also just maintaining weight and staying healthy. So, um, that's been a weird shift in mindset over the last few years, going from sports and all this stuff where it mattered so much. And everybody was telling you what to eat, um, to being like, no, I can have everything just in, in moderation and learning to balance. So, um, that's really helped my wellness journey. Yeah. I will echo, echo that to, you know, the day that I died, that has been I think the biggest thing I've learned is like, I can eat what I want as long as I'm not, you know, severely overdoing it. Um, Cause right. <laughs> if I'm doing that, then, you know, so- something's going to catch up to me eventually and it's, yeah, it's not going to, it's not going to be good. But um, I mean, I've said a number of times to you before I have a big sweet tooth and that's really difficult for me not to binge sometimes on desserts and, you know, different things like that. But I really admire, you know, you, just um this the awareness that you had to um you know realize that while maybe you felt really good and even looked really good and I know those are you know outcomes of you know why people are so restrictive sometimes with their uh the way that they eat but um you know at the end of the day if you're not happy <laughs> you know that's the, right. the third part of the equation right like um that that means probably more than those other two things combined and um you know, I'm not telling people to eat one way or another, but, you know, I think for the most part, if you're, you know, a healthy adult that is pretty active, then, you know, for the most part, as long as you're not eating McDonald's, you know, five nights a week, you can, you can pretty much eat what you want. And, um, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna kill your body the way that, you know, maybe you think that it's going to, and you're not going to balloon to, you know, this weight that you're never going to be able to take off or something like that. Yeah. And I just think every, everyone has a different approach and different things work for different people. So I think figuring out that, you know, what works for you and makes you feel the best is really, really important. So, and that took me years to figure out. So that was, that's been a different approach to what I consider being healthy. So (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. Well, it looks like both of us have been trying for years and um, you've already unlocked something on your end. I might have unlocked something on my end. It remains to be seen, but I think everybody who's listening to this episode, if you didn't learn from Jamie and I, you will learn a lot from Adele. So with that being said, let's get into my conversation with Adele Jackson. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm here with Adele Jackson, and uh, Adele, I would love to start this conversation like I do with many of my guests, uh, just giving you an opportunity to tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are um, and, and what you're doing. I know sometimes that's a loaded question for people, but uh, let, let's find out a little bit about who you are and we'll go from there. Yeah. So yeah, my name, my name is Adele. Um, who am I? I am a writer. Um, who primarily works in health and wellness right now, um, but has had a long background in sports journalism. 
Um, and I'm also a fitness slash movement coach. Um, so right now my hobbies are animal flow and calisthenics. So like a lot of body weight exercises, which has been very useful during the pandemic, I might add. Um, but yeah, those are the kind of things I do. I'm based in Oakland and, um, yeah. (laughs) So, um, we'll, we'll definitely get into a couple of those topics that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm curious, you know, getting into sports journalism, did you have an athletic background growing up? Like was sports something that, that got you uh, onto that track? Yeah. So I grew up playing soccer and running track. Um, I did both in college. Um, I played at Yale, um, and ran at Yale. Um, soccer was my first, like, passionate love in the sense that like I thought that's what I wanted to do professionally um some injuries kind of got in the way of that and it kind of pivoted um and yeah track was also a love of mine um but didn't think I could become the next Allison Felix so (laughs) that was just for fun um and then when I graduated college and I realized that I needed to take a break from soccer because I was still recovering from an ACL tear um I was kind of having sort of like an ego death of sorts where I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I like went off and took this job teaching English in Japan in like the middle of nowhere. Wow. Um, yeah. And it really gave me a chance to just like be silent for a very long time, um, mainly because I was in the countryside. There wasn't much to do. And second, like Japanese was another as a language that I learned, but wasn't like super, it wasn't my first language. So I had to, I was listening a lot. Sure. um, Just observing a lot and just kind of taking myself out of the conditioning I had had growing up in school and even in sports about, you know, you follow this path and you're successful. You do this, you do that. It's just kind of like a straight line kind of thing, not really being in touch with my own inner voice really. And, um, I was on Christmas vacation for my, uh, my teaching job, um, in Sydney, Australia of all places. And I was still kind of training to play professionally. And, um, I woke up one morning and Sydney is just like gorgeous. There's like absolutely no reason to like you know, skip a workout or like even just go outside and just move. But like one morning I was like, I just don't want to do this. Like sun shining, freaking like, you know, birds are like beautiful songs. I'm like, it is the most beautiful day outside. And I freaking don't want to train what is going on. And I realized when I dug deep that morning that I didn't want to play professional anymore because I was doing it for everybody else. And I would have been so freaking happy just to sit on a bench for some professional team just to post it on social media. And when I, that, when I came to that, I was like, what the heck? Like, that is the worst reason to be doing this. <laughs> And at that point, I was just like, I need to like really figure out what I want to do. So I was like, okay, what am I good at? What, you know, brings me joy? I had like a blog at the time. I didn't study journalism in school, but like I always just was kind of like writing. I was like, okay, how do I get paid doing that? And then journalism was the the answer that came. So, and I wasn't sure if I was going to do sports because I had been a huge sports consumer. And I think that's like very common for female athletes in general. It's like, we like playing, but I think there's something about sports culture in terms of like 
watching it on TV or just like being a fan. Um, this is not for all women, of course, but I didn't grow up like loving watching. Um, and there's like layers to that. So I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm not like a stats person. I'm not like a strategic, like that wasn't me. Um, but I ended up being offered this job at this women's sports company called Excel Sports. And I needed a job in New York when I moved to New York. So I was like, okay, I'll just try this out. And what I fell in love with was not the who's putting points on the board story and why it was the humans behind the magic that was happening, like their journeys um, and their, their determination to like lean into their authenticity and just like go for something that they want. So that is a long answer to your question. But yes, sports got me into sports journalism in a way that wasn't intentional at first. But um, yeah, it opened me up to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot to unpack there. And I think one of the first things I'd like to try to tackle is I think it's clear from what you just articulated that you're a very uh, introspective, thoughtful person. And I think you already started to talk about how being that type of person, there was some real friction with, and I don't think this is just like particular to sports. I think this is maybe the modern society where like, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to have this path, right? Like you're supposed to have Mm -hmm. this direction. And when you're not going on the quote unquote normal path, people see you as kind of a wanderer, you know, getting lost and like, Mm -hmm. you have a hard time getting a normal corporate job because you don't have, you know, these progressive steps on your resume, et cetera. Like how, how do you balance all of that into say, like, obviously you have goals, you're a driven person. I mean, you almost play professionally Mm -hmm. as an athlete. Um, You know, how do you balance that with knowing that for you, it seems like to be successful and to be happy, maybe more importantly, like you do need to disconnect you need to get away maybe not to japan every single time yeah no that's extreme (laughs) um yeah and i guess this comes um upon a uh i guess a a a moment that was trending at the emmys and i'm forgetting her name right now but and it's killing me that but um she was the one who like wrote and started in that show like i may destroy you and one of the key points that she said in her speech to like people who um, write in the industry was that we are so conditioned to just do, 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 and just like show up and be present and like, look at me on Instagram, look at what all the things that I'm doing. And what she emphasized is like, don't be afraid to just disappear for a while. Like, don't be afraid to just like, you know, go inward and just listen to like what's coming up and not feel the need to just like create or do or show up in that way that society's telling you to because that finding that silence and that those moments to yourself is when you're really listening to what your heart desires and what wants to come up and be expressed so how do I balance that Um, I would say that sometimes I'm really good at that and sometimes I'm really not. Um, (laughs) Right now I feel like I'm in a period where I need to like get back to just like finding moments throughout my day where I'm literally just wandering like no direction just like going out for a walk and just like observing. Like I think one of our like 
one of the things that we forget to do, and I, and I think it's really important for me as a writer, is just like watching and observing and just like no judgment, just seeing what comes up in my thoughts, um, just, you know, seeing what sensations come up in my body and all that sort of thing. And just like experiencing life rather than trying to just like, um, yeah, just do, 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 create, 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 which is like very, I don't know if you think about yin and yang much at all, but it's very like yang. Um, and nothing wrong with yang, but I feel like our our general society's orientation is towards the yang and we see how that's kind of destructive in some ways. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like silly when you think about it, the amount of people who deal with anxiety, who deal with burnout, yet we continue to almost encourage that te- the, the behavior that led to, you know, all of that when, um, and, and, because I, I don't, I just, I think about this all the time. I have hard time disconnecting fully. Mm-hmm. I want to, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really difficult. And it's not even so much that I like, I have FOMO or I feel like I'm falling behind, but like, I've just been doing it for so long <laughs> that, that it yeah. almost is like second nature at this point, but I would mm-hmm. love to have, and, you know, part of this, I think is the pandemic too, in the sense that right. we were all kind of, you know, hold up in our, our homes for so long. And my wife and I, we have a vacation on the calendar for February, you know, as long as there's no real bad COVID surge, like that's going to be the first time where mm-hmm. you know, we truly get away for a very long time. We've had a daughter uh, since then, yeah. and that's added another layer to everything. And so I think this is all just a reminder, like, you know, do something that gets you completely away to help mm-hmm. you like recharge, like taking a day off at home is a good start, but we've been home for so long. Like, right. I just feel like it's probably in our best interest to like try and go out and explore a little bit. Like, even if you're an introverted person or, um, you know, you're a homebody, you don't like to be out. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I struggle with this all the time too. Um, yeah. and, and I, I tend to, it, it makes me sad because I tend to lead more toward, um, you know, being like the normal, uh, people, um, and you know, I don't know, I don't know how my life would be different, you know, if I tried mm-hmm. to live it in a, in a much different way, I don't know how much happier I would be, but you're really making me think, <laughs> you know, about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to emphasize that I feel like we all have our different, we all have our diff- different tempos. I think that there's some people that need to be they're more of the like, let's go, let's do this. And it's more of that energy. And I feel like there's some people, and I guess me, like I'm, I'm one of these people where I, I have been forced into like the kind of like constantly need to be working type environments, you know, just like going to prep school, going to Yale, getting these jobs and like doing, but if I really pay attention to my energy levels, I need days where I'm literally just not doing anything. Like, or I'm being, I don't have a schedule and I'm just like following what I feel like I just want to do. And that's where I feel like more of my creativity comes in more like intuitive hits come to me. Um, But 
yeah, every, I feel like everybody has a different temple, but we're all being forced into one sort of orientation. And we think this is the way it has to be for everybody. And, um, you know, I, I find that, you know, the, the rates of like, you know, anxiety, um, sort of depression, um, and I'm not necessarily talking about like the really tough clinical stuff, but the fact that a lot of us are experiencing that, especially now is like a completely natural reaction to the way that our society is oriented. It's just like, it's just how it is. Like, it's not, you know, like I, I need to do more, um, take more bubble baths or I need to take this supplement or I need to do this. It's like, yes, those things can like help and support, but if we're not looking at like the whole sort of like structure of how we live our lives, then, you know, self-care is just mainly another vehicle for consumerism in some ways. Um, And also could feel like a chore. Um, Anything. I feel that way with meditation. Yes. I, I try to, I've, especially because I I love Jerry Seinfeld and Mm. Jerry Seinfeld has spoken so much about how it's helped him. And I have tried for years and I'm currently in a, I I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, but we're, we're doing a wellness challenge at work right now. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is going to be the motivation and the turning point for me. But it's almost like you said, it, it, it feels like a chore right now. Like, I don't feel like I get anything out of the I only do it for like five or 10 minutes. So it's not even like I'm taking a whole lot of time out of my day. Yeah. And maybe that's part of it. Like I need to invest into something where it's a little bit more structured because I'm, I tend not to um, be, like I said, be able to disconnect. And I have a lot of th- thoughts going through my mind and, yeah. and everything. And so it's not really relaxing at the end of the day, but it, it's um, mm. that's a really great point that it, it almost seems like a tour when you're, you know, you're trying to do the things that are quote unquote yeah. supposed to make you healthy, make you feel better. And yeah. uh, it just doesn't feel great. <laughs> right. It's like, what, it, what is the intention behind what you're doing? Like, are you treating right. it like work? Yeah. And then maybe this might help with you in terms of just like sitting in, in meditation and just like having all these thoughts come up. I think that the, the stereotypical image of like, a meditator is like being a monk on some mountain somewhere and just being completely Zen. And all that's happening is just like rainbows and lights, just like floating in your head or whatever. I I think there's, there's a bunch of different techniques in meditation, but I think what I've learned is that um, your mind is just going to do what it's going to do. I'm wondering what would happen for you if you just let those thoughts like run just like let them go and just don't like not don't get so caught up in like oh I, I'm thinking too much my mind needs to be empty and like resisting right. it because like that resistance builds more resistance and judgment and if you could if you just observed it like it was like a movie screen and it's just like a it's just like a show and just like oh that's interesting oh that's there yeah <laughs> that's cool I'm wondering if that would loosen that up a little bit for sure. you. I don't know. Yeah. That, it's an interesting perspective. I'm yeah. I'll try it tomorrow. Uh, yeah. it's definitely worth a shot. Um, so I appreciate that. And, and I'm curious, you know, this similar, but you know, hopefully a little bit different. You, you are a high performer. Um, not, not by nature. Um, obviously you work toward that, you know, mm-hmm. to get to Yale to you know, almost play professional soccer. Um, but you also have a creative mind. 
Um, mm. And there could be a lot of clashing between that as well. Do you use like your wellness background and that knowledge to kind of help keep you on track per se, or uh, mm. to help keep you balanced? And, you know, I, I don't know, maybe necessarily that you're, um, you know, working. Well, no, I don't even want to say that. Cause like, what you're working at now, even though it's different than what you were working at when you were an athlete, it's still, you're still working hard, right? Like you're still working for things. It just looks different. Um, Yeah. Hmm. I find that interesting that you find that the creative part would clash with the high performance part. Um, Because. Well, I'll say, I'll say it clashes for me then. (laughs) Okay. Because. And I love uh, my creative side. I I will say that. Right. Because I don't know where I want to go with this, but I find that like everything I do is a creation. It's it just everything from like choosing the clothes that I want to wear for the day to like what breakfast I'm making to like actually what I'm writing is creative. Now there's certain things that I have to do to pay the bills that are less like, uh, flowy if you will like less kind of like my own expression um sure but I'm still creating and I'm still asking myself okay like where is me in this piece or like where is me like how do I want to say this so um I think the way that I've been using my sort of morning practice and I'm trying to get my evening practice on point. I, I have this habit now where I like kind of watch TV before I go to bed and I'm trying not to do that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, what I'm trying to do is realize that, um, when I'm more centered, like if I'm medit, if I've done meditation or if I've done morning journaling or, taking a walk or even just like exercising in the morning when I feel more centered, I know that like what comes out when I'm writing or um, just the way I move about my space is just like more authentically me. And I know I can trust more in what I'm doing and I guess perform at my best. So performing at my best to me is like being tapped into, um, my own inner sense of wisdom and my trust in myself that what I'm doing is, um, is me and what other people need from me. Yeah. Um, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sticking with the well wellness and uh, understanding that a little bit more, I was thinking to myself, when, so you had mentioned working out in the morning. This is what triggered this thought in my mind. Um, I think by nature, I'm a very anxious person. Um, mm. Like I, I had a lot of issues with it when I was younger, like in elementary school. And mm. um, obviously that was a long time ago and just mental health and you know, all those things were seen a little bit differently and uh, supported a little bit differently. Um, and I still carry with me some anxiety. I've learned to control it. Um, you know, I, I understand like kind of, kind of on a day-to-day basis. And like, one of the things for me, I know if I don't get, like I get up before everyone else in my house and I do my workout, because if I don't do my workout, like first thing, I feel really anxious afterward. Mm. 
um, I'm like, when am I going to get this workout in? Like, I have to move. Like, I, I feel so much better. I feel more centered, you know, if you will, like mm-hmm. you were saying, if I get a good sweat in. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, like, from a wellness perspective, like, is that something that you do? Is that something that maybe you even teach people is to like identify those things that, um, you know, whether it's anxiety or whatever they're trying to, um, you know, maybe get better at on a day-to-day basis, like find those things in your day-to-day life. Like working out is not this like significant, crazy thing. Right. Um, but it makes me feel so amazing. Yeah. Um, Not that I want to do it all day, but (laughs) yeah, I, I think what I try to teach people is that, um, as much as I can, some people are open to it and some people are not, but that we are primarily energetic beings that need to move energy. Like if we are sitting a lot, if we are just like, literally just like, I don't know, just like rather stagnant in our lives, like just like not moving that much, the body responds similarly um, in the sense that um, basically our body thinks that we are not, we are not living, we are dying <laughs> in sure. some ways. Makes sense. Um, and so, and that can show up in a lot of different ways. Um, but anytime we, we take the time to move our bodies and it doesn't have to be like in the gym, like lifting weights or like freaking running marathons, because I think the fitness industry is convincing everybody that if you're not doing CrossFit, you're not fit. And I'm like, that is not true. Um, and it's also just like, how are you defining fit? And like, Mm -hmm. so a lot of people get discouraged about quote unquote working out because they're like, I can't, I I'm not doing this. I don't like that. I don't like these environments. And I try to tell people like, do you realize that you freaking like doing your laundry, carrying it up the stairs, still laundromat or wherever you're, you're or like doing your yard work or playing with your kid. That's movement. That is like quote unquote fitness, if you will. So if we could, I try to teach people that like, you, you need to find something that is hot, that has your body and your inner being feeling better about yourself. Um, and, um, it doesn't have to look like anything else. Like I've been trying to, because I've been in sports and fitness for so long and was in the CrossFit world for a while past two years, I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to put the weights away. I'm going to put the gym aside and then the pandemic happened. So that was convenient. Um, and I'm just going to like figure out how to move in different ways without what everybody has told me is what is going to keep me healthy. And so like, I just remembered as like a kid, I loved dancing. Was I a good dancer? That's debatable. <laughs> but um, I would just like put on music. My my dad had this like, was it a tape? And it was a CD. And he had this like surround sound system that was in the basement. And then he kind of wired it up to speakers in the living room. And there was like this like wooden floor area that I treated like my stage and he it's a CD that was just literally just remixes the Macarena I swear to god I probably drove my parents insane <laughs> but I would just like freestyle to the Macarena for like hours 
And I was like, that was like my movement back then before I started sports. And I was like, why don't I do that anymore? So like just um, yesterday I was doing this at the gym before I was teaching classes, just like letting my body move however it wants to. Um, doesn't look like push-ups. doesn't look like squats and deadlifts. You know, like if, if you think about how we've treated the body, like it's this machine that it's just like these parts that break and, you know, you need to fix them to be high performance and like all this fuel it, right? Like the way we talk about the body is very mechanical and we train like we're robots. Like do how, if, if you think about it, when are we moving around the house, like doing bicep curls, like literally like, like you're doing the robot. We, so I, I'm trying to break that paradigm and say like that, that stuff isn't wrong, but if we found some more flow in our bodies and wondering how our bodies respond in terms of like some of the aches and pains that we, we typically experience. Um, I wonder if we'd feel a little bit more freedom just generally and expression on all in every area of life. If we just allowed ourselves to just like move in the way that we feel called to. So, um, that, to me, I think helps me with my anxiety, with my sort of depressive spells, all that, um, just being able to express, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do wonder, um, I'm glad you took it toward the end there about, you know, just being expressive of who you are and how often, like, whether it's, you know, literally like you're talking about in the way that you move or it's in your thoughts or it's in the way that you speak to other people, like mm-hmm. how many of us are filtering you know, what we do because we're trying to fit into this box that society says is, you know, this, this is what it is versus, right. um, you know, we, we all are so unique, um, you know, even though there's so many people and we've been around on this earth for so long, like, we are just this, uh, you know, special, um, you know, person, each of us has it in us. Um, and it's, it's take, it takes work, um, to get there. Yeah. I think that's what you're pointing out is like, you, know, you have the ability to get to a place where a, you're more confident in yourself, B, you're more comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, because of the way that maybe our upbringings are, you have to kind of work to break that condition uh, yeah. that, that you're yeah. all in. Uh, otherwise you'll just kind of, you know, go through. And, and you know, I, I think about this all the time too. I'm like, maybe there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe I'm the crazy one. Like maybe people <laughs> do just want to be aimlessly walking through life or have a normal, you know, kind of uh, vanilla life. I, I think about that all the time. Have you ever had a, a thought like that? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, Hmm. I don't know what, what is vanilla? I feel like, yeah, there's some people that I feel like will not wake up to sort of the conditioning that they've been in, um, and will not see the areas in which they can break out of it or try because it's like much easier to stay in their own, it's much easier to stay in the box because no matter how painful it is, that pain is familiar. 
Sure. And God, like, I don't want anything different than that. Like, I know how to handle this pain. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know how to handle this struggle. I know how to, you know, the, the walls of my box are really nice. Like, let me show you my living room in this box kind of thing, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's not a judgment because I feel like we're, we all on some level are that. Um, and I do feel like everyone is on their journey to undo conditioning. Everybody is at some level because um, we all have ideas of what we don't like and what we don't want. And we all are slowly like making shifts to like change that as best as we can. And it's not a linear process. It's very just like, you know, spiraling and like going ups and downs and all sort of regressions, progressions, whatever. Um, but that's like what it means to be human. I think we've, we've chosen this experience to be, I don't know why, <laughs> but it's my theory that we've chosen this experience of conditioning to learn how to break from it and remember who we are. I don't, I don't know why, <laughs> but we've forgotten in order to remember. I don't know why. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. I don't, I don't have the answer to it either. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do want to pivot to, you know, talking a little bit more mm-hmm. about your writing then. So this, this, what you're currently doing, correct? Yeah. So I, I write for prevention magazine and good housekeeping magazine currently. Um, and I'm also, so I'm a consultant with them, but I'm also a freelancer. So um, I work, I've worked with Nike recently. Um, and, uh, yeah, mainly it's, it's in health and fitness right now. Um, I did finish, um, a multimedia book on, um, my, my experiences with soccer growing up and like going to the women's world cup in 2019 and what that's meant for me. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of where my writing's at right now. Very cool. And so the, mm-hmm. one of the questions I always think about with writers and there's a lot of them out there and I encourage people to keep working at it. I mean, writing is one of my favorite things to do. Um, but the ones who get paid are usually the ones yeah. who know how to make an impact with their mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, how you go from, you know, having an idea about something that you want to write about, let's say in the wellness industry, right. Um, how do you go about, you know, structuring something that you put together to uh, have the details that it needs to give the information, but also make the impact? Because I feel like those are two different things, right? Like you could have a lot of details and it could read like a textbook um, or you could, you know, write it in a way that truly moves you and makes you think. Um, and, I, and I imagine that's probably what you're trying to do in most cases. Yeah, I mean, I guess in the magazine industry in particular, one thing that I try to keep in mind is um, because, you know, science can get really just like dry and just like, what the hell am I reading kind of thing. Sure. Um, Is to imagine that I'm talking to a friend or a sister or somebody so that when I'm writing the voice, it's more like, hey, girl. Like, did you know about these acne products that you should try kind of thing? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, and those, those aren't, I'm being honest, like those types of articles aren't like my favorite to write. I do like talking more about the human experience. Um, and so that naturally just comes across as more relational um, and more, from my individual experience, um, 
uh, and connecting it to other people. So I, I think that um, and getting information across um, I think it, it, it really stems from the interviews that I do and just like having it feel like more of a conversation rather than it being like a list of facts kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything in particular, you know, you talked about the multimedia book that you put together and um, some of the recent ventures. Is there anything that, you know, is kind of on the dream list of, what you'd like to write or who you'd like to write for here in the future? Um, right now, I feel like here for the long ball, which is that multimedia book that I wrote was something that's been on my mind for the past like two and a half years. And it took a lot out of me. Um, I dug really deep into my shadows to write that. Um, and so for the, for the moment, I'm just kind of like, I don't really have like writing goals. Like that, that was it for a while. Um, yeah, I really looked at like different intersections of how you can view women's soccer culture um, from like beauty politics to like being queer to like being black to being um, such a fan of the game and also just such a like in awe of the international community around it and holding all of those together in one sort of personal narrative was like, was challenging. I mean, I did, I wrote the hardest essay for me to write was actually on like why Alex Morgan was triggering for me <laughs> and for a lot of other people in my community and I don't like, I'm not a hater. I don't like talking about like, oh, this celebrity, blah, 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 like all this bullshit. Like, I don't like doing that, but there's something to going into why something was triggering for me and what that implicated about myself, how I saw others and just like how um, soccer culture is kind of oriented, um, in the United States in particular. So, sure. um, I encourage anybody to read it. It's at here for the long Um, yeah, I just finished that of the last essay for it last month. Um, so yeah, but yeah, well, I'll, I'll make sure I get that link into the show notes. So mm -hmm. really easy reference for people and I totally get how you're feeling about um you know putting a lot of work into a project that a uh, book right across my shoulder that you can see in the background oh yeah there. that's my book um that came out last year and was about a three and a half year project as well and when wow. I was done with that I was like I don't want to touch a keyboard ever <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of effort it's so much effort um and I've never done like print stuff before. So kudos to you, but yeah. 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 I mean, either way you're, if you want to do something right, it takes uh -huh. time. Um, yeah. you know, especially, especially, you know, given how easy it is to just publish anything these days. And yeah. you know, that's why kind of self-publishing in general gets a bad rap, but um, mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to go uh, check out your work after this. And again, I encourage people, uh, to do so as well. Uh, Adele, before I let you go here, um, just want to give you an opportunity if um, 
you know, there's any last pieces of advice or anything that you want to leave us with before I let you go? Mm. Um, something really cheesy came to me. <laughs> Follow your heart. I don't want to say that because it's just like so Disney. Um, but something that I've learned recently um, is that um, before before we became so fixated on our brains, um, people in ancient times actually believed that our consciousness was actually in our hearts. And somehow we've shifted all of our attention to thinking, 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 thinking. And so follow your heart is actually legitimate scientifically in the sense that like our hearts have this energetic field that actually extends beyond our brains and actually is in tune with information that our brains are not yet conscious of yet. And so I think it's a really tough concept for a lot of people to grasp because we don't really tune into our hearts that much. But I think my advice is like, if you want to plug out for a little bit, if you want to just like not meditate in like the, the, the typical sense, but just like sit in silence for a little bit and ask your heart, what is, what is it that I'm desiring to feel today or what is it that I desire to do today? you might hear a quiet voice that tells you exactly what it is. And most likely the first few times that you do this, you're going to doubt it and be like, that sounds stupid. This is ridiculous. But if you keep practicing it and you trust it a little bit, you might find that it's leading you in the right direction for the day. You might. Um, This is what I'm practicing. So that's what I invite people to explore is to get out of your head a little bit more and more into your heart and your body. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. I think that's a great way to end this conversation. I know I have a lot that I'm going, I'm going to try all these different things that we (laughs) talked about here today. And uh, I hope the listeners as well will at least take one or two of these items and and try to apply them as well. But thank you so much, Adele, for taking the time to be on the show. Yeah, of course, this was fun. Thanks, Bob.